All right, welcome to another episode of Behind the Human. I am your host, Mark Champagne, and it is my job to unpack the stories and mental fitness practices of people living at the top of their game personally and professionally. Today, I'm chatting with Cora, who is an entrepreneur, dating sex relationship expert and creator on a lifelong exploration of how much fun she can get away with having, how successful and fulfilled she can expand into being, and how rockstar chic her lifestyle can be. Love that. She is certified in psychology of happiness with Tal Ben-Shahar, who I met actually at the World Happiness Conference. I was trying to get him on the show. He's amazing, yeah. Um, a creator of Harvard's most popular course in history. Uh, Cora also began her work in the dating industry during her two years as a top performing matchmaker for Stanford Start X, company founded by Elle Magazine's E. Jean Carroll. She has since created her own business and has helped thousands of people build confidence, find love, experience more happiness, and by far my favorite line and flirt harder with life amazing (laughs) welcome to the show thank you thank you so much for having me i just love that line flirt harder with life i mean i feel like if we all lived by that principle it just it'd just be such a beautiful world oh absolutely and when you flirt with life life flirts back that is really my life philosophy oh we're getting right into it okay before we get into (laughs) all the juiciness and the amazing uh, lines like that. I just want to set some context and I want to understand uh, who you are. You know, I, I we talked a little bit about, or I mentioned in your bio, some of the work that you're doing and we'll get back into that. But you know, at the end of the day, you know, who are you today or what defines the lovely Cora behind mm. the mic? Mm. Who am I today? So yeah, you said it yourself. I'm, um, I'm a content creator. I'm an entrepreneur and I'm a dating relationship expert. And I'm really on this mission to help people actualize themselves in as many areas of life as possible. And I focus primarily on relationships, romantic relationships, and that also expands and extends to um, honestly everything else. Because whenever we look at relationships uh, and intimacy, it's a, it's a microcosm for everything else. So um, when we look at, okay, how can I show up as this most attractive version of myself in my worthiness? Um, First of all, it's an inner game. It's such an inner game of um, standing in our worth. And it's also, okay, what, what attracts us to each other? It's our it's being creatively expressed. It's being on top of our game. It's living life on purpose. It's taking care of ourselves. It's uh, the the flirting skills, the conversational skills, all of these things that imp- when you look at them and you you start to work on them, even if it's to the end of creating more romance in your life, everything else in your life improves as well. Yeah, it's everywhere for yeah, sure. It's everywhere. Well, we were, we were just chatting about this before we hit record and, and I was mentioning how I've never had someone of uh, your expertise and kind of a topic expert in this space on the show and like essentially surprised because basically for the reason you, for the reasons you just all mentioned, I mean, it, it's all, I mean, it's, or such a huge part has to be the, the inner work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How did you... Cor, how did you get started in this space? Or I'm reading a quote here. I saw, I think it's on your website. Cora is the Bill Nye of love, (laughs) which I (laughs) freaking love. Like, first of all, what does it mean to be the Bill Nye of love to you? 
Oh man, my client, one of my clients said that I, I blushed my jaw dropped. I was like, <laughs> oh my God. Um, so what that means, I, I also want to add that um, for, for what you said of, you know, first dating or relationship expert on the show, what I've noticed in, in doing this work is that um, it's so important, like love and relationships, intimacy, the, the quality of our relationships is the number one predictor of happiness. So hmm. um, what, what I do is I, um, and what it means <laughs> to be the Bill Nye of love <laughs> is it's, helping to uh, helping people to demystify um and to understand matters of the heart and um things that like are so mysterious and 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 also so important to the quality of our life and our well-being and the and the meaning we feel in our lives and very often you know like we don't really sit down and learn about we so, we so learn true. yeah we learn through observation we learn through you know what our brother's friend told us or like this is how someone told us to date or like we think that oh this is what relationships are supposed to look like and it's really like it's so powerful to bring intention to that process of learning around something that is so 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 important in our lives and what I've noticed is um, when we're, you know, we have this narrative as a society that we should already know these things <laughs> or yeah. like, or, you know, there's not that many spaces to ask questions around it. So what we get from that is, is we're piecing together information and, and a lot of what we're modeling ourselves after, or a lot of like what we just kind of take at face value of people say, Oh, love is this love is that relationships are blah, insert, you know, whatever comes up in our mind in our mental Google search when we hear relationships are right. Um, it's, it's all stuff we've absorbed and a lot of it had we've absorbed from, um, dysfunctional relationships or, or, um, movies and you know th there's a lot of beauty and there's a lot of truth all around us so i'm not going to say everything we model ourselves after is dysfunctional but it's really really valuable and empowering to take the time and intentionality to actually look at these things and understand them and and create this this framework of reference for how to navigate this area of your life um so what it means to be the Bill Nye of love is, is really I, I demystify and I break down these concepts and these understandings um, around matters of the heart and topics that, yes, they are mysterious. And, and yes, there, there is so much that we, we don't fully understand, right? We have like all of humanity writing love poems and trying to understand the nature of love. And there is a lot that we can understand. I think that that sometimes we're just like, oh, it's not to be understood. So we don't look at it when really like we're doing ourselves a disservice by not empowering ourselves with knowledge and uh, confidence and intentionality in that area. So that's what it means to be the Bill Nye of love. Yes, I love it. And, you know, I just want to say I don't I don't think uh, you're coming off as as being negative to, to certain relationships or how we, you know, learn about relationships. I, I really firmly believe that like most things in life, if, if we just stay on that default track mm -hmm. and, and just flow down that kind of the people movers of the airport, 
it doesn't necess- it doesn't usually end where we want it to end essentially and i think right, right relationships same thing i mean we, yeah. i feel like we hold so many expectations on our relationships including mm-hmm. our ourselves and whatnot yeah so yeah so how do you you know how do you slow people down then to just mm-hmm. actually give some thought to or where do you even start if someone you know someone on the other line that's that's yeah. you know, not to their fault. I mean, I, I was in that position as well. I'm, I'm writing, there's a section in the book on relationships. So that's forced me to slow down and, and reflect on it. But yeah, you know, how do you, how do you slow down and, and, and where do you start? Yeah. So it's, it's really dropping into, <clears throat> well, first, whenever I, I initially connect with someone, we'll just talk for a while and, and through what they're saying and what they're sharing, I'm able to identify pretty quickly what some patterns are, some limiting beliefs or like what the framework is, what the mental framework is that we're working with. So the most important thing is dropping them into their desire and what they actually want. And I love what you said of like the river. I just had this image of, um, you get to steer your own boat, (laughs) you get to steer your boat. So, um, dropping into like where, do you actually want to steer your boat towards like, where, where do you want to go? What is it that you want to experience and, and getting clear in that vision and like how you want to feel. And then so much of it, we do a lot of, um, you know, filling knowledge gaps and essentially kind of building out this, um, this roadmap. Cause I notice a lot of people come to me and they feel like in this territory, um, that they're kind of like stumbling around the dark, ter- a dark terrain without a flashlight. Mm. So first we give them the flashlight. We, we start to like build out all these points of reference and like understanding boundaries and understanding like communication, understanding a- attraction and what actually creates attraction so that they can consciously participate in attraction and, and, and creating it. So, um, you know, whatever's going on for them, building out the, this, these points of reference. So they start to feel like, okay, I have a flashlight now. Okay, cool. I, I kind of know what's over there. Oh, I kind of know what's over there. Okay. I have a point of reference for, um, I'm starting to understand the dynamics at play in this realm, such that when someone does this, I can understand, oh, okay, they just got turned off because I invested too much too quickly. So like uh, we we start to understand just like all of the moving parts and the variables happening so that they can, and this, this is the big part, and this is really like the thread of all of it is um, honing this skill of discernment. Ooh. discernment and like it's really presence it's moment to moment um and and i view discernment as this um it's a skill that is this open line of communication between your emotion and your logic so so much of what i do is um helping people to understand all the variables at play so that they can feel informed and, and also all of the mindsets set stuff around like clearing all that gunk so that they actually can start creating, um, action <laughs> and For start sure. creating experiences. And, and that's how we start to break patterns and create new patterns. Um, and like break through limiting beliefs or, you know, build confidence because I strongly believe confidence is built through action. So, um, 
encouraging and building the confidence around taking action so that they can have new experiences and build out evidence that with the mindset work we're doing, they get to start interpreting that evidence through a different lens where like maybe before they would be interpreting someone not wanting to continue a conversation with them as, oh my God, I'm going to be alone together. So it's, it's like pulling back. Did I say together? I said, I meant forever. Forever. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be alone forever. So um, it's like, it's this synthesis of mindset work, action taking, um, interpreting evidence, interpreting experience through a constructive, like progress-based lens and understanding the domain and all the variables at play simultaneously. And then there's also a huge element of um, amplifying and increasing confidence around individuality and personal expression. So yeah, when I teach people around like magnetism and flirtation and charm, I'm not saying, hey, you have to be charming in this way. Because there are all these different flavors of sex appeal and charm. It's it's really helping them to find and build out their own flavors so that all of this feels authentic to them and fun to them. And so that they're naturally attracting people who are attracted to them for who they are and for for like the amplified expression of of them and their individuality. I love it. And I, I, I mean, I totally resonate. Obviously I'm a bit biased on the mental fitness side, but I think really there's just so many elements to life that kind of have to lean on the, the first step of clearing out all the nonsense in, in our mind. It's like, you have to open the front oh, and back yeah. door and just like let the wind kind of blow <laughs> out years worth of shit or like stuff that's clogged yeah. things up, as you said. And I feel like it's, it's, it's a hard concept for people to grasp because you can't see it versus, you know, a physical room. Like, you know, many people know that if you, you know, organize, you clean things up and, and whatnot, like you feel better in a physical space and, and you Mm -hmm. can see around the corner, you can see kind of the, the path forward, but we don't spend the time to do that like spring cleaning in our, in our mind or frankly daily or weekly as much as you can. Yeah. Like rebooting the system. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's really what it is, is it's, it's mental and energetic blocks. Mm. We're clearing all the clutter so that there can be more movement and more space, um, for creating what's here now and what's coming instead of like, be like, Nope, there's no space here. We got cluttered from the past. We got all sorts of emotional ties to our exes still taking up space. <laughs> totally. So how, I, I mean, I wanted to ask this at the beginning, but we, we just like took off on a great role. Like, how does one get into this? Like what, what yeah. was the spark on your side? And, you know, I, I saw that video that you had sent me where I think it definitely went viral, but it was like, you matched, what was it? 10, was it 10 people? Like just mm-hmm. perfectly like, there, there's gotta be, obviously there's something there. This is something that lights you up and you're really good at it. Like where did all of that spark? Yeah. Thank you. Mm, it, well, I think in certain ways it's been lifelong. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've always been, um, really interested in, in humans and human behavior and social psychology. And, um, I've also always been a very, connective person. I love connecting. I, um, I've also always loved dating. 
uh, I've been pretty actively dating since I was around 15. And it's always been something that was like fun and enhanced my life a lot. So, um, naturally building off of that and, and just starting to notice, um, as we talked about how important this is and how, you know, I, I started to get privy to, um, I don't know if you're familiar with like the pickup artist world at all, but yeah, yeah. there's this whole, yeah. I don't know if you remember that book, the game, there was like that, that came out in maybe like the early two thousands, but I started to notice that, um, this was an area of life that was deeply important to people's sense of well-being and their confidence and that there there just wasn't there weren't that many spaces where people could go constructively learn about it um and the spaces that there were you know were often perpetuating toxic toxicity honestly and manipulation sure. and like more like here's how you get someone versus like Yes, there's an element of like this dance of flirtation and seduction, but we can do it really authentically and we can do it really spaciously in a way where like, if we want connection and we want a deeper connection, getting someone isn't going to create an actual connection in a sustainable, longstanding type of way. So, um, I was, you know, I, I had a lot of the, the ingredients, if you will, around like my interest and then my experience base in this, in this area. And just like my, um, seeing how much it adds to, it has always added to my life. Um, and then I, I heard about this kind of reburgeoning matchmaking industry. Um, and I had no idea what I wanted to do. So I was, I was recently out of, um, college and I, I really didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew like, I, I really felt nothing really appealed to me that I saw like within a structure. Like I, I could feel, I was like, I need to, I, I don't know what it is. I don't feel necessarily like I don't have the business background, but I feel like I need to be doing my own thing. I felt that. So I, um, I heard about this kind of resurgence of matchmaking and like, um, the dating industry and, you know, as everything, uh, uh, industry has really built out around uh, a lot of online dating and then matchmaking, of course, is something it's not new, um, but it, it's been kind of um, rebranded in a modern way yeah. in recent years. Well, um, went from right so from I, like, oh, you met online, which was like right. pre-apps and stuff to being right. a normal exactly. thing. Exactly. Yeah. So it's been shifting so quickly and there's also so many new variables that, um, add more things to navigate in uh, that make it even more essential to have these found the foundational skill set, Right. So like you get expanding possibility, like more people are, um, open to polyamory or like, uh, is that something you're into? How do you talk about that with people? Like there's just so many expanding ways to do relationship and, um, not that many pl places to build out the skills to navigate all of that expandingness, Right. And like, yeah. even with, with online dating that like, that brings, that throws so many different dynamics into the mix <laughs> that weren't there before. <laughs> um, there, there's just so much newness. Um, so I heard about this matchmaking. I was like, what the hell that, that sounds 
so fun. I have to do that. I have to do that. Like I get to, I would get to set people up on dates and then talk to them about it. I already do that for fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I've already, I have always liked to introduce people and connect people. So, um, I also had been traveling and I had gotten, um, really interested in the idea of working remotely. I had been seeing these, you know, as I was traveling, I was seeing these different lifestyles and just like ways that people were doing life that, um, fell outside of, of standards that I had thought, oh, that's how, that's what you're supposed to do. So like my mind was expanding a lot in terms of like, what my life could look like and how I could design it and, um, all of those things. So anyway, I ended up, uh, <laughs> I told my friends and family, I was like, I want to do a matchmaking job and I want to, I want to do it remotely. And they're like, okay. <laughs> uh, cause I, I didn't know of anything like that, but I ended up actually getting a remote matchmaking job, um, which I did for two years. And I, I learned so much in those two years. Cause I essentially, um, I would get to know clients and and their dating preferences and their histories and what they were looking for. And then they would outsource their dating search to me. So I would interview prospects on their behalf. So I basically talked, oh my God, it was such a crash course. Like it was just extensive market research. I, I talked to thousands of people, like all walks of life all over the country like all I got, I just got so much insight into humans, um, doing all those interviews. And, you know, we would be talking about very intimate, raw, real things off the bat. So, um, that was so helpful for just deepening my understanding of like, what's going on right now? Like, what are people having a hard time with? What are, what are they really thriving in? Like what, like what's underneath all of this? And, um, what is it that people need help with in order to feel really empowered in this area of their lives? Um, Mm. so then I transitioned to coaching and I was actually coaching, um, dating, coaching men, only men for a a long while. Um, because I saw that, um, I saw a gap. I I saw, you know, okay, guys who want to learn to date, they're going to be going on the internet and like looking at these YouTube videos that are like, here's how we get the girl, like just not, not very helpful, um, rhetoric. (laughs) So I was like, okay, these dudes need to talk to an actual woman who has (laughs) everyone's best interest in mind and like wants to help them like with the, you know, the vulnerability pieces and, and these things that actually create connection and the confidence and the swag and the flirtation, like it's both. And, um, so that's really how it, that's how it unfolded. You said it so politely that there was a gap <laughs> with, <laughs> with men. I love how you said that. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. I mean, that, so you essentially just, you know, naturally transitioned into essentially the mindset work and all of that mm-hmm. inner work from, uh, from seeing the, the legit need from hours and hours of being in a, in a space. Love that. Love yeah. how things play out like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And now, you know, I've, I've expanded to, um, coaching men and women and, um, I do mostly group programs, but what's really cool of work, getting to work so closely with men for so long is that I now have a, like a lot of insight into the ways that in, in hetero dating men and women misunderstand each other or like the gaps in connection there. So that when I'm working with women, I can like, I, I kind of, um, 
I consider myself kind of like a liaison or like a diplomat uh, between different uh, people in a lot of ways and and, and between like, um, especially because all, uh, you know, I work with a really wide array of, of clients, but it's really what I'm, I'm doing is helping people understand each other and understand themselves. Cause honestly, uh, we all want the same thing. So it's really shifting out of this kind of like adversarial mindset where it's like, how do I get this person? It's like me versus them instead of like, hang on, we want the same thing. Like, what is it like to show up and like, know that the other person is rooting for me and I'm rooting for them. It's, it's just a totally different way to connect. Oh, that's so powerful. I, I mean, that, that's also where there's obviously so much overlap with, you know, any work related conversation or, or really anything outside of, of just strictly dating and yeah. marriage and whatnot. So I'm curious, like what, I guess, what would be some of the is there a theme that we can, we can touch on? Cause I feel like there's so many things like reframing mm-hmm. rejection or like releasing mm-hmm. self doubt or expectations, but just from your, your experience in this space, what's one that, you know, is pretty prominent across most people that, um, yeah. you know, if we worked on, we can probably improve in a, many areas in our life. Mm-hmm. I think it's personal agency. It's, and that's, that's one of the, the codes or the things that is the most important, um, for me to lock in whenever I work with clients is like, you can create what you want. You can like, you can ask people out, you can do X, Y, Z, like expanding that sense of possibility. And then like helping people to realize that they have the power to create whatever life they want to create. Um, and, and once you actually believe that and you have some skills that go along with that and you have the mindset that's conducive to that, and like, you can interpret any setbacks or rejection through this lens of like, okay, like I'm focusing on what I can control, which is myself and my growth and my, and my progress and the, the degree to which I'm showing up for what I want. Um, that's a huge theme is, is the personal agency and just like, Yes, you can. Sometimes I get, I get really worked up and I like shout at my clients a little bit. I'm like, of course you can do it. Of course you can. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So are, are there any, like what kind of, other than obviously, you know, one-on-one speaking with each other and with your clients, like, are there any tools or practices in this, in like the mental fitness space or really any space that you find helps? Mm -hmm. So it's funny I do. Um, and I actually have a whole program around flirting and I'm, I'm mostly focusing on group programs right now. Um, in part because we create a community and we get to practice a lot of the connection pieces with each other while we're learning about it. It's really fun. So, um, flirting, tell me more. Yeah. I throw flirting (laughs) parties for my clients, which are really fun. So they're essentially, um, and it, it's so interesting. The reason I bring this up too, cause you said with business, but like what I've noticed is when people like tap into, um, flirtation and they learn how to flirt, like it extends really what they're doing is they're infusing more playfulness in their lives on a broader level. It's, it's like more playfulness and, um, 
more presence. So I, I throw these flirting parties for my clients where um, <laughs> they're often terrified going into them. I'm like, good, <laughs> good, because this is a very safe space to practice. <laughs> um, but they're essentially like improv games. So we set a scene and then I've taught them all these, you know, I've I've taught them what creates attraction, how to like hold tension, like um, what dynamics to introduce, all of these things. I've taught them how to flirt. So then they they get to practice that with each other and see, whoa, okay, I'm actually really good at this. Like I can engage people in this way. Um, and, and flirting, you know, of course there's flirting in the romantic sense. Um, and there, there's flirtation, as I said earlier, like there's flirtation that we do with life. There's flirtation. It, it's really just playing in the realm of possibility. When you think of it, when you're flirting with someone, you're like, okay, maybe like we're we're playing in this maybe energy where it's like, okay, I'm going to say this thing. Okay. I'm going to see what you say back. Oh my God. Okay. Are we going to move the needle forward? Are we, so, you know, when you're, when you're making a business deal, when you're, um, you know, courting a client, like there, there's, flirtation everywhere and we can have professional boundaries with it and like take the sexual energy out of it. But really what it is, is it's, it's, um, it's play and it's inviting people to explore a possibility of bringing something to fruition. Um, so yeah, I, I love the flirting work and I just see how, like, when people tune into that, they get to bring that energy to to everything in life. It's, it's really like bringing more vibrancy. I see, you know, like sometimes my clients too, will have these like fashion revolutions because <laughs> as I've <laughs> said, um, it, it's just so cool. It's so cool to see, um, that like what happens when you, when you give people permission and when they give themselves permission, more importantly, to be expressive and be playful and, and, um, try things out. So I love the flirting work for that because I, I just think it translates into so many different areas of life where um, we get to invite people into a fun dance to explore possibilities together, whether that's a business possibility, whether that's uh, a romantic possibility, or, you know, I, I also like to say when I'm flirting with an idea, <laughs> it's really is a kind of a mindset. So true. Flirtation. Yeah. I'm like, Ooh, uh, you know, I, I, um, I just went um, on this little road trip and I had been flirting with that idea for a while. I was like, Ooh, like, yeah, I'm flirting with the idea of going on a road trip, right? Like we flirt with new concepts too. Uh, like I, I'm rolling out this new um, program around creativity and, and like high performance um, motivation and, and habits. And, uh, I, I flirted with that idea for a while. You know, I kind of talked to, I talked about it casually with some people. It was like, I was playing with it and then I got to know it more. And then like, we started to build me and the idea started to build a connection. <laughs> um, but, but when you look at it, you know, that energy of flirtation, it's everywhere. We, we flirt with lifestyles. We flirt with ideas. We flirt with people. We flirt with options. Um, it's really a way to like, hold the possibility of something with a light touch and and get to know it and and decide whether we want to proceed or not i'm really starting to see why you're the bill nye of love i mean (laughs) (laughs) it's very clear it's so true i mean i've never i mean you're definitely redefining my view on on flirting and because i I mean just in the examples that you provide i'm like i just wanted to keep saying yeah that's that's right that's so right but we just don't it's like we 
it's like we don't make that connection when it comes to relationships or it's like it's this other little ecosystem of flirting or something but it's so it's so similar it's the same thing Mm -hmm. i'm so glad you say that because that's like what you said i love how you phrased it to a little ecosystem that's exactly it and that's what i meant to when i said that this is all a microcosm for everything else because that's what i've noticed is like people think of this as a separate area of life as like oh my dating life it's like or maybe you know they they've built out this is common because i work with a lot of clients who have been very um who are and have been really professionally successful and part of why they're coming to work with me and this is just kind of one demographic is that they've focused so much on their professional development that they sure. haven't given as much energy to their to their personal life or their or their love life and um the thing is that it's 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 not separate at all. So like there are unique and nuanced dynamics that occur within a dating context, but like so much of it, like these dynamics play out everywhere. And if we can start to see that and realize it, then we, we notice that giving attention to our love lives is a way to give attention. Like something I say a lot is like, I, I help people enhance or like increase the quality of romance in their lives. And I'm really, I'm really interested in quality too, right? Like the happiness psychology I've done, it's all, it's all quality of life. Um, and, and quality of life has to do with your enjoyment and your presence and your, your beingness. Um, so it's, it's recognizing that you have all the tools already. It's just building out the confidence and the nuanced skill set in this area of your life and allowing all of the parts of your life. And I'm, as I mentioned, I'm huge on like life design and kind of, I, I view it as like life, work-life integration for myself and how I design my own life. But it's, you're allowing these different parts of yourself to work as a team and these different elements of your life and these different ecosystems to to have a regenerative relationship with each other where like your love life can feed energy to your professional life. Your professional life can uh, feed energy to your health and fitness. Like it, it all gets to work together in this, in this symphony and be one ecosystem. So many quotable moments on this, on this conversation. (laughs) I love your language around this, this topic and just the regenerative aspect. That's beautiful. I never would have thought of it in that way. Um, I definitely want to move a a little bit more specific to you and just, I mean, I think everyone listening can probably connect with your energy, which we've talked about before and how I was super excited to, to get you on the show. There's just, if anyone's following you on, on Instagram and your videos and whatnot, like you can, you you can feel it. Like you can feel the aliveness in in your spirit and in the work that you're doing. I'm curious just to, to learn a little bit more about, like, what do you do on, on a daily basis when it comes to your, your health and, and specifically your mental fitness so that, you know, you also have, you also keep that clarity to see, you know, the, what's, what's on the other side or when you, when you're speaking with someone and you're trying to help clients. Cause I mean, imagine, you know, you have, if you're stressed or if there's stuff going on, yeah. uh, you know, you can't see it all. Like, it's just like we, we started how we started the show. So Yes. Yeah. What's, uh, what are some of the non-negotiables, I guess, in, in your life when it comes to your, your mental fitness? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And that, that um, reminds me of a quote, uh, like a relationship quote, which is that you can really only meet another person as deeply as you've met yourself. And I, I think that applies so much to, to me and my yeah. relationship with my work and my relationship with my clients. Cause I'm, um, yeah, I mean, I'm deeply committed to personal development and my own personal development. And I have coaches, I have mentors, like I'm always, I'm always showing up for my mental fitness game um, and, and qual my own quality of life and how that gives me this energy to um, be able to, you know, or that, that people can come plug into and calibrate to. Um, so it's hugely important to me. It's honestly like my top priority because everything else stems from that. So I, um, I do a lot of visualizations. I do a lot of visualizations. Um, I do meditation. I, I really like visualization. So I have a bunch from different mentors I've worked with that I kind of have this menu of the, the way that I think of it. I like to think of it as a menu is all of my personal practices, mental fitness practices, like energetic practices, all of them. I, I have built out this menu of things that I know really work for me. And then I, I do a handful of them every day. <laughs> so I like so to give cute. myself, yeah, I like to give myself those options where I feel, um, Actually, this is something from positive psychology, self-determination theory, <laughs> where Look we like to feel, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we like to feel that autonomy of decision. So I've set that up specifically. Um, so I do a lot of visualizations. I also, um, I've really gotten into breath work in yeah, the last, same. like, oh my God, it's amazing. Yeah. I was like, where has this been all my life? <laughs> it's like, it just reboots the system and like clears this clears the slate as we were talking about earlier. Um, so I do, I do a lot of active breath work. Um, I do that a handful of times a week. Um, what does it look like Cora? like, which is, yeah, just to give some examples of people are looking. Yeah, absolutely. So sometimes when I want to do a shorter one, I'll do a Wim Hof guided breath work. <laughs> yeah, that's my go-to. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. I can finally hold my breath for a minute and a half now, which I'm very proud of. Uh, um, yeah, it's a feat. So I, I'll do that if I want something shorter. And then if I, if I'm wanting to do a longer practice, maybe like 40 minutes to an hour, um, I'll do, uh, just like an active pattern, um, that is, uh, in 80% in my stomach, 20% chest out all through my mouth. So like <sighs> to music and I'll okay. lay on the floor with pillow under my knees. Um, and that just like, I mean, you know, you know how it is, your extremities start tingling. You're like, you kind of feel like you're tripping. You're like, Whoa, <laughs> well, I was um, going to ask like 40 minutes. That's, that's yeah. a good amount of time. So yeah. is it like a similar feeling to like a, a Wim Hof? I mean, his is a bit, I guess his is a bit exact. No, no, I guess it's, it's similar. I, I'll ask you, what are the, what, what, what would be the differences between yeah. you know, a shorter, three rounds of breath work with let's say Wim Hof to yeah. uh, like 40 minutes. Yeah. It's intense. I, I, um, definitely it took me a while to build up to it. Um, cause as you know, sometimes you can feel you, it's like how you show up to breath work is how you're showing up everywhere else. And I know people <laughs> who are into cold showers and I, I personally, I haven't ventured into the cold shower territory yet. Cause I just, I'm like, ah, sounds terrible, but I'm like, <laughs> I'm inching closer towards it. Cause I'm like, okay, I see what you're all saying about like, 
building out your relationship with discomfort. Um, so it took me a while to build up to it. And I, I would have resistance. I'd be like, ah, you know, I would avoid doing it, but like the more that I did it and, you know, I, I was gentle with myself too. I would take slower breaths or, you know, I've, I've kind of been able to deepen it and, um, quicken the pace. The more that I do it, the more that I practice it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's pretty incredible if I'm feeling it's, it's like an energy shot. If I'm feeling in my head or I'm feeling, um, kind of like blah, <laughs> it's, there's something about doing this that it just like, you can come to it with a problem and it, and you just know the answers afterwards. You're like, it, something with how much your brain gets oxygenated. Like you go, you change your state, right? Like Joe Dispenza talks about a state change. Like you really do change your physiological state and that allows you to, um, it gives you perspective. And then physiologically, it just, um, there's so many health benefits. Um, and there, there's so many health benefits, mental health and physical health. And in terms of like stress too. Um, so I noticed like I I've been in this process for a while. I also do, um, I've been doing a lot of like somatic healing and, um, massage and all of these things. Cause I actually, when I, you know, um, the process of, of bringing my business to fruition, I was like, so focused. You can probably relate to this. Of I'm course. sure a lot of <laughs> listeners can relate to this, but that phase where I was just like, so focused that I was like neglecting my, um, I I was accumulating a lot of body tension, um, that I wasn't fully aware of. So, um, I've been in the last year making it a huge priority to, um, recalibrate my nervous system and change my default, uh, from like tense body to creating that muscle memory for relaxation and like and there's so much more creativity that comes from that state too. Um, because when we're in, I'm going to drop another psych term here, um, broaden <laughs> and it. build theory by Barbara Fredrickson. <laughs> um, when we're, you know, when we're stressed and we're, our body is in a state of stress or, our, you know, that obviously we have the mind body connection that translates to our mental state. And when we're in a state of stress, we're less creative because, we're for survival. We're seeing fewer options. We're, we're more in like fight or flight. So it's like fight or flight. <laughs> Those are our options. And it's, it's to our benefit so that we can survive and, um, shifting out of that survival mode. And honestly, this is a lot of what I do with people around dating and relationships. It's like, there's a lot of like memorized, um, stress, uh, and, and like nervous system triggers around dating. Yeah, to the point that. where yeah. like they get on a, you know, if we're on a date and we're relaxed and we have all our faculties that are, you know, at our disposal and like, we can think of clever things to say, we can be flirtatious and playful because play is, um, it comes from creativity. So, so much of like, yeah, this is something I've been working a lot on, on a personal level. And like everything that I work on personally, I then go teach my clients. So that's, that's a really, something I just really love about what I do is that like, I'm, I'm in the business of, um, optimizing my life and, and experiencing 
the most that I can in my life. And, and in my pursuit of that and everything that I learn in that, I get to bring that to my clients and like introduce these different modalities and everything. Um, so I think I lost my, I lost the thread of what your question was. No, it, it was good. I think <laughs> it was all good. Tons of value and gold in there. It was just some of the differences between like the short, uh, breath work with, with Wim Hof versus uh, yes. like a 40 minute yes. one. But yes, yes. I mean, you, yes. you definitely then I got excited off. about, yeah. yes. <laughs> about well, the mind body connection. Well, yes. that's the thing though. There's just, you know, once you start kind of flowing in that direction, there's just so many different things that you yes. can experiment with and try. And, and I mean, I don't want to say a hundred percent of the time, but a pretty close to that, I feel like there's zero downside. It's like, oh yeah, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I agree with like, I can resonate too. Cause I, I work one-on-one um, -on -one with some, some clients around just mental fitness. And there's this beautiful uh, feeling that, you know, it can leverage some of the stuff you're, you're talking about on the show and other guests and whatnot, and just to see the reaction mm -hmm. and the impact that that has, right? Like that's, that's the greatest gift for sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I would say just to kind of tie a bow on, um, that, that thread in terms of like what I do for, for mental fitness, another huge thing is, um, I am really intentional about, the people I surround myself with and also the content that I consume. So I, as I mentioned, I work with mentors. Like I'm always, I'm always learning from people. I'm always taking courses. I'm always, um, plugging into those conversations. And then I'm, I'm always listening to audio book, like uplifting audio books around, um, around these concepts. So it's just like, um, a constant drip <laughs> of, information that I tap into. And that oh, yeah. helps a lot because it keeps me in that headspace. It helps me stay in that headspace where I can um, see that everything is possible and then yeah. impart that to other people. Well, and I, I think coming back to the idea of being on that, that autopilot or default mode, because if like, if you didn't do that, mm -hmm. I mean, we can guarantee that like, if you're just watching the news and all of that, I mean, you're you're definitely not going to be in that creative mode and that excited, mm -hmm. you know, motivated and expanding possibility kind of frame of mind. Cause it's all fear driven, right? Yes, exactly. So, exactly. Which then gets us into a smaller headspace because yeah. as I mentioned, like we, we literally can't see as many options when we're in fear. Like we, we, we literally can't see it. Well, I mean, I definitely want to respect your time. So I'm going to, I'll, I'll start wrapping up. I want to get some of your journaling prompts. Um, oh, yeah. But I mean, I feel like we, I've got to book you back on the show at one point because there's so many different uh, tangents or topics we can go so much deeper on. I, I feel like it's just yeah. so fun chatting with you. Yeah. Likewise. I would love that. So let's talk about prompts. Are there any and, and whether you, you journal pen to paper or, or don't, I mean, where you typically think we typically have some questions in our mind that we reflect on. So th th that's yeah. the intent behind this question is just to understand what some of those reflective prompts uh, mm -hmm. may look like in your life, either on a consistent basis or when you're trying to make big decisions or, you know, however you're using them. Yeah, absolutely. So I definitely do journal and I also, um, I use Voxer a lot. I use Voxer with my team, which for anyone who doesn't know, it's like a voice memo 
um, app. It's kind of like oh, a nice. walkie-talkie app, and you can speed up. You can listen to it at three times speed. So I actually also have a a, a Voxer thread with myself. <laughs> I love <laughs> that it. I, like, I will go like part of my process too is I I go you know walking is huge for my creativity. I listen to music. I kind of pump myself up. I like process things. I I walk a lot. I live in the Pacific Northwest, so um. I, I hike a lot. I walk a lot in the forest. So, um, that, that's a great, um, tool also for times when I'm like feeling active. It's like, I love the journaling when I'm feeling really like reflective and calm. And when I'm having like ideas or like mindgasm after mindgasm, I'm like, Oh my God, I, I love the Voxer. Cause I can, yeah. I just like pace around, um, probably look like a, a mad woman, but it's when the, you know, the, the creative um, energy comes in and I just like send myself voice memos or I'll ask myself questions to your point and then I'll, I'll speak them out and then I listen back on, I listen back to the messages. So okay. that's something I love um, and a really good tool. Um, so questions, I love this question and this is something that um, one of my coaches has imparted to me, shared with me is that the our self-love can be measured by the amount of time that we enjoy being ourselves. And, and that's something I've really taken to heart. So that's a, that's a question that I ask myself a lot is how can I enjoy being myself even more? <laughs> I love that. So for me, and you know, you follow me on Instagram, you know, I have like, I kind of wear crazy things. I love, like, I love, um, I love visuals and aesthetics and like I've designed, I live in this very kitschy 100 year old one bedroom in, in Seattle. And like, I've designed everything to my liking. Like I like the special furry, I like furry coats, like all these, like just things that I just, oof, I'm having fun. Like it's, I, how can I create more of the experience where I have, I have those moments where I'm like, Oh my God, I love being myself. And that, you know, that's, I got a convertible this last year. And that was a huge thing of just like, Oh, how can I just like integrate every part of my life to be like, yes, this yeah. is exactly to my liking. Um, so that's a big question I play with a lot. Um, and then and another one, I mentioned this, I think before we started recording, but, um, what if this was easy? What if, if there was an easy way to do this, what would that look like? So, um, that's really, really helpful for business decisions too. And for also like trimming any areas where I notice myself doing things because I think I'm supposed to, or being very in that story that I think many of us are collectively releasing sounds like you as well around yeah. like, things have to be hard. <laughs> um, I actually just read, um, or I listened to the audiobook The Big Leap. Have you ever read it? I have not. I've heard of it. Oh, yeah. Chris Winfield actually recommended it. And it, it was it was really impactful. I, I really recommend it. But it was essentially um, explaining our societal addiction to struggle <laughs> and uh, how, you know, we, we feel safer in the, in survival mode because it's more familiar. Um, so we often, you know, we upper limit ourselves or we create chaos or we create problems to stay in survival mode and, and making the big leap to like, Whoa, actually I don't have to do that dance anymore. So that's something I'm, I'm tuning into and, and consciously creating a lot more 
ease, <laughs> ease sure. for myself and like ease in my business and ease for my clients. Because as you know, like our, our brains are like a Google search. If you type in like, if you type in a question, your brain is going to start generating answers for it. So questions are incredibly incredibly important and for steering the ship. So I love that question of like, what if this was easy? Cause then my brain will automatically start to generate answers for that. Um, so that's when I love. And then, um, when I'm going through something difficult or making a big decision or, um, you know, moving through something heavy, I like to ask myself the question. I like to zoom out and ask myself the question, what story do I want to tell about this? <laughs> so Ooh, I like that. then I can tune into a, a future version of myself and be like, oh, you know, I was at my wits end. I didn't know what to do. I felt uninspired. I blah, blah, blah. And then I did this and then I did that. So, so I can kind of like zoom out to the future and, and be like, what is the story I want to be telling about this moment and how I moved through this? Like, what are the decisions that I could make and the way that I could show up now that would make me proud to tell the story later? I love that question because it, I mean, it, it, it has so many, um, so many potential results. Obviously it yeah. pauses the narrative. It sets yeah, the intention, yeah. right. That you, you know, how you want to handle that situation allows you to process it better. It's that's so powerful. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Thank well, you. Like I said, I mean, I feel like we could speak for hours, but I, I definitely want to respect your time. I want to thank you personally, obviously for, for making the time to come on the show. And, and then honestly, I think the bigger thanks that I want to extend is just you being you and showing up in this world with such a beautiful energy and, and that zest mm -hmm. for life and the playfulness to your character, because I mean, it's, it's put a smile on my face. It's brightened my day and I'm sure it's brightening, brightening up the days of, of others on the other side and, and who knows how many more people in your lifetime. So thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Thank you. That's so nice. I will receive that compliment. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me. This was really, really fun for me too. I would love to come back and I'm really glad we did this. Mm -hmm.